We're joined by Logan Shikowski today. Logan, how's it going? Doing well. How are you, Donnie? Not too bad. It's been a while. <laughs> it, it has been quite some time um, on scene, of course. Um, we have seen each other recently in a couple of our projects that we got coming up, and um, I'm more than happy to sit back and chat with you here today about some good stuff that we got we both have going on so now i guess the first thing to ask is you've been talking about before the show how you've been stuck in this 30-day bubble 60-day bubble yeah um yeah a lot going on of course um you know summer some summers are easier than others uh some people have off for the summer but you do not obviously you are still working you're a working man you're doing all these things Mm -hmm. but specifically let's talk about the last 30 to 60 days what have you been up to um so the last 30 to 60 60 days um First off, it started with I have a new job now. Um, some would say it is a new job because I'm in a new role, so to speak. Um, I have returned back to where it all started at the YMCA. I'm now the summer camp and education supervisor there. So I'm in charge of running the summer camp as well as the after school and before school program. Um, it's been going really well. We have a great group of counselors, a great group of kids, and um, everyone seems to be on board with giving the kids the best summer possible. Um, and we have been a chunk of the last month has been taking up with the movie premiere that we actually recently had last Friday, August 5th at the Berg theater. Um, all summer we had this big plan of making this spectacular event for the kids that they would always remember. Um, and Kevin Walker, actually a friend of both of us who it may be his last year at the Y he has set out to make this project happen for these kids. And, I said, let's go for it. And we both spent countless hours editing, filming, directing this movie for these kids. Um, it's not just a normal movie like you would normally see at the end of the summer camp. Normally you get like a slideshow of like kids' faces and moments from camp. No, this was different. Each of these kids were given a chance to have a speaking part in this movie. They got to choose how their character acted. They got to choose what their character said. Um, it essentially gave these kids a chance to do something they may not get a chance to do. And we'd like to thank first off the YMCA for putting up with our shenanigans the last month. And it's been crazy trying to film over 120 kids and 15 staff. Um, and more importantly to Laura at the Burr theater and the Burr community for allowing us to have this event. Uh, last week we had, I believe it was 245 people in the Burr theater to see this movie premiere for the kids. So Yeah. And that's close to capacity too, so. Correct. It is very close to capacity, so. so full house. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited with how it turned out, and Kevin also is very excited with how it turned out, and everyone loved it, and the kids loved it, the parents loved it, the staff loved it, so it was it was a great event. Um, we have been asked to do a part two. I don't know how realistic that is because this first one took so much out of us. Like I said, me and Kevin were up sometimes open to close sometimes till three, four, five, six in the morning editing this project so that it was perfect for these kids. And, um, we didn't get to finish everything we wanted to. We finished the actual movie. We had a plan for the credits that we didn't have time to do just because we were still going to work every day, full time, still going home to our families and our normal lives and still getting this project done. Um, but, Shortly, we should have a finished product up on YouTube for the parents to see, for some of the Burr community to see. Um, and yeah, we've even had offers from the Burr Theater themselves to do community showings. So that has not been 100% confirmed yet, but maybe in the future we can get that to happen so that the community can see it. Because I think it's something you don't really see with a lot of places in Berwick, especially. Like you hear about all the negatives. You don't really hear about, oh, well, look what the Berwick YMCA is doing for their kids. So. Well, you don't hear about the YMCA in general. Like the the YMCA, like, like it's a well-known organization across the United States, but like right. you don't hear that stuff at all. And it's, you're in a unique situation too, because not only this community, so like, of course, you're going to get some press from the papers and stuff like that. And we'll talk a little bit about that here in a second. But when's the last time you heard of a summer camp making a film for their kids? So I don't really recall any. I do know that my supervisor actually was in Vegas for a training and they showed them a film that another camp had made elsewhere in the country, but around this local area and even more further local global, I have not heard of any YMCA doing this. So this was definitely something that I will never forget. And I know that the kids at the Y will never forget too. Is this something that other YMCAs can use to show? I eventually, yeah, I would like other YMCAs to 
see this and put Burwick YMCA on the map. Not that it's showing that we're better than anybody, but look, like you can still run a summer camp. You can still give the kids the best opportunity possible. Maybe other people will have an idea to do something and make their kids have a great experience. Um, and I know you were a part of it as well. You actually hung out with me and Kevin for a few hours one night, helping out with some stuff that we had. So I thank you for also being a part of this. Um, thank you. I saw ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also saw those ghosts. That was a scary, scary thing, but yeah so no but um it is a very unique situation so anybody that has a chance you can check it out and where will you where will this be premiering do you have a date at all that people can check not this stuff a date out? within the foreseeable future within about a week or so from I, whenever this airs i don't know if it's going to be up tomorrow or whatever um but at some time by the end of this month of august it will be somewhere we're trying to get it on youtube you know the copyrights with youtube it's probably going to be taken down and stuff like that vimeo may be a potential landing spot we even thought about having flash drives and giving the kids flash drives and even um there was ideas talking about burning it on the cds and giving the kids a cd um but it will be somewhere and as soon as we figure that out i will let you know i'll let everybody watching know and it will be posted for everybody to see now we're going to get into a little bit of the podcasting game because what's what's new with you on the podcasting spectrum have you have you done podcasts in a while or the last one I had was with you and I apologize. We never did get that out because like I said, there was a botch with the audio. It was all messed up. And for people computer... that don't, under, for people that don't know, we did a, on the Logan, the logo podcast, we did a sports and analysis one for the upcoming NFL draft in season. So yeah, we always, I like to do one every year. This one, like I said, there was a malfunction with the software. I couldn't get it to load. And when I finally got it to load, it was already June. So like I couldn't, I'm not going to post it in June. It wouldn't do any good in June. It's a draft recap. So, but anyways, that was unfortunate. But as far as the podcast, no, I've been focusing more, like I said, on my new career, my new job, because I want to hit this out of the park. I want this to be a good landing spot for me and something to build myself going, going forward. I'm not done with podcasting. I don't think I'll ever be done with podcasting because it's something that I've grown to love. Um, it's just right now I don't have any plans per se. Um, I know we'll talk later about some stuff that we have coming up, ideas. So, yeah, that's that. I'm fascinated because you keep talking about your career and, like, you hope that this is, like, the landing spot or, like, moving around. Is is this where you pictured your life to be? Just think about this. Let's put this all in context between podcasting, between making a film for the YMCA, between everywhere that you've been so far. Looking back on a young Logan at, like, 13 years old, you know, when you're picturing your career moving forward – did you see it being like this or what were your dreams compared to reality? No. Um, of course everybody has those dreams as a kid, police officer, astronaut, race car driver. I wanted to be a pro wrestler. Um, I'm not the most athletic guy. I mean, you and I both played sports. We were somewhat athletic growing up, but I broke his nose. That's a different story. Yeah. That's a story for a different podcast, but yes, you did break my nose. I have to get you back for that one anyways. Um, but no, I wanted to be a pro wrestler. Um, or if not pro wrestler, I want to be involved in that field, in the entertainment field, um, because I saw what it did for me as a kid, not having the best life growing up. You kind of get to see a different side of things, almost like a movie. You watch a movie, you get to live the character, the character may relate to you, and you come home from like a bad day or something, and you watch the movie, and you're like, wow, like... I feel like that person. It draws you in. And that's what wrestling did to me. That was my dream growing up to be a commentator as well as a wrestler there. That is what led me to doing journalism with Miss Christian, of course, at Berwick and then going on to Luzerne and graduating with a media writing degree. Um, and it was actually there at Luzerne where I developed more of my writing side of things. I learned how to write commercials and scenes. And that helped me a lot with this project, the movie. Um, writing the script with Kevin. This whole project started with five pages of a script. And all of that, it led from ideas for myself, ideas from Kevin, ideas from other counselors, ideas from the kids. Essentially, we wrote an hour-long movie off of five pages of script. Um, and a lot of what I learned there helped that. But to answer your question as far as where I saw myself, no, I didn't see myself doing this. Of course, the why was my first job. And I then went on to News Story where I love everybody at News Story. I loved my time there. It helped me grow to get to the place I am today. But I just like to take things day by day. Yeah, right now I say this is my career that I'm at. I like to do the best I can at what I'm doing now. If five years down the line I'm somewhere else and something else 
comes my way, I like to be the best at that at that time. So to answer your question, no, I didn't see myself here. I don't think anybody really sees themselves or lives their dreams, essentially. I mean, you probably had dreamed about doing this all your life, but I really don't think you can live your dream 100%. Like everything changes along the line. I'm going to sound like a broken record because on the podcast before I've talked about um, my upbringing, yes, I've always known what I wanted to do, specifically whether it was like film or like writing. Um, but there was times where my parents, like in, in fifth grade, I went to be a, in robotics camp, like they sent me to a robotics camp or, you know, in journalism camp, Miss Christian would send me to like Miss Gordia for one summer. And that's yep. what we did for like a week or so. It's fascinating because from the first time I wrote my first like book, which wasn't really a book, it was more like, you know, fifth grade, you don't really write books. You write like, you know, just like little stories on like a, a 10 page sheet. Um, but from then I thought I was going to be a writer. I thought I was going to be somewhere in robotics and then I thought somewhere I was going to be in journalism, but yeah. mostly I knew it was going to be like entertainment. And it's funny how all these situations, whether it was robotics, helped me behind the scenes. So there's things that we can create at Show of Hope that I have a background in with electronics. And I'm just like, okay, robotics, you know, you can put things and figure things out or set building, you know, mm -hmm. anything else like that. Um, and then writing helps with the script. So it's fascinating. Is there one moment in your life, though, or like a little series of moments that led you to becoming the best person you are right now? Not really, so to speak. Um, I do know, of course, this time last year, for those of you that don't know, I was hospitalized with my my heart issue. Um, that kind of was a wake-up call to me because before I would try to do whatever I could and like I would see things differently from a different picture. And now like I'm more humble and I'm more like, hey, like you don't have a chance to do all this stuff that you wanted to do. Now was a chance to go out and do it. So I've kind of like grown other passions along the way. Like podcasting was one passion that I had. Well, with this heart issue, I really haven't had the time to focus on that. I've been focusing on my health. Um, while I love it and I'm passionate about it, I'll get back to it eventually. It's just like right now I have other focuses in my life. So. Well, I think when other people deal with health issues, and this is something maybe you relate to, I haven't ever needed to relate to it yet. Thank God that I've been healthy, but at the same time, you know, you kind of wish that like it was. It's kind of like you, you know, I've been I've been listening to a lot of that near death near death experiences from like people that have died and came back, and it's like you know, in the back of your head, it's like, oh, it'd be cool to to realize that, but then it's like, yeah. eh, you know what? Maybe I don't want to yeah, take that I chance because you know. Right so at the same time. When you're dealing with all this health, you've you've always been humble, by the way. I, I think that's for anybody listening. Yeah. He's always been a humble. Logan's always been a humble person. He's always been all about people and family. Um, but it made you focus on family more than what you already have. And that's already been a lot. Made you focus on kids and, it also and, made and, and relationships more with too. Yes. And I realized I can't fix anybody else unless I fix myself. So... Yes, yeah. I, I would argue that you've been more passionate with the kids and you've always been passionate with the kids at the YMCA or New yep. Story, but you became more passionate since those health crises have showed up. Um, but podcasting can be in the back. You can push that to the back. You can push the filmmaking and all and the mm -hmm. entertainment to the back because at the end of the day, it really matters about the person to person relationship. Right. You know, so I don't think anybody's listening to this is like, oh, I can't be believe he gave up podcasting because of his no. health. We understand. Yeah. You know, and I don't think that you should, you know, take your time. There's no need to push it back. You're on this podcast. Right. You know, I you're love doing, doing other it. things. Like and... I said, like the commentating thing when I went to for journalism and then broadcasting. Like I've always wanted to be from my first sports game I saw. Of course, you see all those like Dick Vitale, like from NCAA and um, the Dodgers announcer that recently passed Vince away. Scully. Vince Scully, yeah. Um, but like, of course, from seeing them and what they do and Stuart Scott was another one of my big, like, I've always wanted to be an announcer. And I think podcasting is also a way of doing that. You're not really announcing to like an audience, but in a way you are. Yes, you're like sitting either talking to a person or behind closed doors by yourself talking, but people are listening. So in a way, it's kind of me living out my dream, doing something else in a different way. And the thing is, if nobody's even listening at first, people will listen the more you put out. But at the same time, you're also doing it. And I right. keep I keep telling people, as, as long as you're doing it, because there's people that just like wish and beg for the opportunity to come and like for that door to open, but they're not trying to do anything about it. Like there's only so much that you could do is sit there and twiddle your thumbs and be like, oh, I'm waiting for this opportunity. But yet you don't apply or you don't apply yourself to go out there and do things like even though I haven't signed the mega million dollar filmmaking deal, I wish we, you know, I would have yeah. signed with the studio. I'm still making short films. I'm still going out doing projects. And quite frankly, I've always been the type of person. I love working for myself. So that's not really a big deal to me. But like for the people that like have asked me, well, 
Donnie, how did you, how did you manage to make this film? I'm like, I just went out and did it. Like, mm-hmm. and some people don't have friends that friends have helped me tremendously volunteers. All my films have been volunteers. Thank you. Thank Kevin. Thank everybody else that have been involved. Mike, Jake, everybody. There's too many to thank. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to, I'm just going to stop because I'll just end up, you yeah. know, missing people. But at the same time, it's just like, you got to build your support group. Or if you don't have a support group, be your own support group Correct. and go out there and get things done and do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause everybody will respect the grind. I mean, if you go out there, you may not have to have anybody listening, but like you said, somebody out there has to be listening at some point. So, and that's all, that's why I went into podcasting. Maybe a story that they heard on my podcast from somebody um, like yourself or somebody else who I've had, maybe like they're struggling with the same thing or they're succeeding at the same thing. And they're like, oh, well, maybe I can get advice from them on how to be more successful than I am now. Well, the interesting part about Vin Scully and rest in peace to a legend, by the way, yep. um, for the Dodgers. And I guess he did. He did all-star games as well. And that was a whole list of things I was reading. I was like, I didn't know that he, like, I believe he was still tied to the Brooklyn Dodgers. And he went from right. Brooklyn to, so, like, that's even way mm. before my time and whatever. But it's fascinating to see the evolution of change. Correct. He actually started as a friend of the, a fan of the Giants at eight years old and when he went to a Giants and Dodgers game. And then eventually he had a career and he went to the rival of the Giants, the Dodgers, of course. And since then, he has been lifelong Dodgers. It's yeah. fascinating to see somebody being a field for 70 plus years. Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, that is interesting. He in was itself. almost 90 yeah. doing what he did at the level that people wish that they were at. Like Vince Jolie, in my opinion, will go down as one of the greatest announcers ever. John Madden, of course, one of them. Rest in peace to him. Stuart Scott, commentator from Sports Center. So, yeah. Even though I was a Met fan um, growing up, I always respected Harry Callis. Yep. And I remember the day that Harry Callis died in the booth and outside the Phillies and Nationals game. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember them postponing that game. But at the same time, you know what? There's something to be said. You never wish that somebody left so soon because who knows? I, I doubt he'd still be, still be broadcasting now. You um, never know. But at the same time, he went doing the thing he loved. Mm-hmm. Which you – like even if he was taken too soon and like uh, just before a game – I mean, that's honestly the best way to go. That's probably the way he wanted it, too. I mean, yeah. nobody wants to. Yeah. But I'm sure Vince Gully would have chosen to go in the booth, too. Yeah. Um, but but going back to change and, and like, looking back about the errors and stuff like that, I find it fascinating that Vince Gully, you know, from my upbringing, you know, he looked like the same older dude that was just, like, you know, the voice of the Dodgers. But mm-hmm. to go back and look at the pictures of him in his 20s and being an assistant and then going up to being the voice of the Dodgers, moving from Brooklyn to L.A., and watching how the times have changed between pictures back then, the black and white pictures and the old yeah. rustic style look to all of a sudden the new clear, like the stadium the changes, renovations. players that you've seen come players, through. You know, that puts in perspective a life mm-hmm. because life, and again, life changes like we don't understand. But when you look back on it, like we've been so blessed in this generation to go from all the different different like uh, devices. Like you, you went from cable to Blu-ray to, you know, to yep. all this moving forward to digital to um, Bluetooth, where you can connect just uh, out of the That's cloud. Who knows what the cloud is? You know the cloud. Yeah. They didn't have all that technology back then, so it was a slow progression. But when you look back from time of a ninety-year span, a lot has happened. Mm-hmm. For sure, I mean, technology runs the world now. Where would we be without it? People don't even like get get through life on a daily basis without some sort of technology. So it is very interesting to see where that's led, and where also the game of like I, you and I both love sports. Um, I'm sorry if people out there don't like sports, but you and I can talk about sports all day. And especially where the game of baseball has been going to go back to the Vince and football and basketball and where everything has been taking worldwide, like with movies and stuff like that. It's just been interesting to see. Talking about sports, though, because we are going to talk a little bit of sports, because since I have you on here, the only person that comes on the podcast that likes to talk sports between you, David DeMarco, I think those are you two are the only two that I've talked sports with. Um, instead of trying to recap your podcast that we didn't do or that was never that never came out. Your predictions then compared to now, have any has anything changed between your predictions or what are your predictions for the upcoming NFL season? Which started already technically with the Jaguars and Raiders preseason game. Did you watch that game, by I, the way? I didn't care. I I didn't either. <laughs> no one cares about preseason. Come on now. No. Um, I only care about preseason when I know my players are playing. I'm like, please don't get hurt for fantasy. Yeah. As far as my predictions, I mean, being a Steelers fan, we are in a rebuilding year. Um, Ben's gone. We now have Kenny Pickett. I heard that Mitch Trubisky is the quarterback that's going to start. Um, I hope 
for Mitch Trubisky's sake. I've always been a Mitch Trubisky fan. I hope it goes well. Um, if not, I know we have Kenny Pickett on the sidelines. I just hope to God Mason Rudolph does not touch the ball at all. I'm sorry if you guys like Mason Rudolph, but I cannot stand him as a quarterback. Miles Garrett hopes he does. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Let's not get started with that debate. Um, but no. Um, that was Watson level assault right there. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that team is going to be last in that division, the Browns. Anyways, depends. Um, I personally have believed that Deshaun Watson should get a full year. I yeah. I don't think I think the six game appeal judge whatever she ended up deciding that six games. I listen. I get it. It's negotiated with the players, uh, players union and stuff like that. But that that was ridiculous. What? Sorry to interrupt. But what do you think goes into that? Like people have gotten more games for less. And less games for you know what it is. It's really a flip of the coin. How popular you are is really what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. If it was Tom Brady, anybody else, Deshaun Watson, I think they'll get like half a season to six games. Um, You look at the Ray Rice situation. I've always said Ray Rice got screwed out of everybody. Not saying what he did was right. Obviously, video aside, terrible. Um, We had somebody on Seattle that got suspended for a whole year. That Boinking kid that came out of TCU. That we, we I don't know if we drafted or he was undrafted by us, but either way, he you know got into all different assaults after that. Um, Wheeler, I believe, who just beat his girlfriend for Seattle not too long ago, he was suspended indefinitely. People have been suspended for beating people up, you know. Right. And I'm not saying that's right because it's wrong. What he did, though, and this is this is not a Ben Roethlisberger. Two people accused him of something a decade ago. Mm-hmm. This is 24 plus people accusing him, all massage therapists, by the way, of which he assaulted slash did other things to throughout the course of a year or two. And the judge even found that there was, um, I don't want to, I don't know my legal terms, but found, found that there was misconduct or things did happen. And he still only got six games. I guess the question is, is it criminal or is it civil? Because it's a civil suit and not a criminal investigation. Right. So maybe they're thinking, well, because it's civil and he's going to negotiate and he's going to be paying out of his own money or whatever, that it's not as bad as legal. Because I guess when Ray Rice did that, there was legal charges pressed and you know yep. it, it was no longer civil. So you can make that argument between civil and legal, but I'm I'm sorry he's got to be he's got to be gone for a full year. Mm-hmm. I agree. I would definitely agree. Um, look at what did Ray Lewis get suspended? I know he was arrested. I don't think Ray Lewis served any games for that. I know I thought he got a, a PED for um, performance enhancing drugs yeah. once and got suspended for that, but I do not believe he got suspended okay. for whether Just it was a murder or gang charge. I can't yeah. remember. But yeah, to go back to your pre- previous question of my predictions, um, I do see my predictions still holding true that the Bills are winning the Super Bowl this year. I think it's Josh Allen's time. I think with the pickup of um, Von Miller, that's a big pickup for them on the defensive side of things. Um, Stephon Diggs is an amazing, amazing wide receiver. And then Josh Allen, my guy, like I'm – a big Josh Allen fan. I'm not a Bills fan per se. I just like Josh Allen because he can run, he can throw. He's a five tool package. And I think not to go back to a baseball term, five tool player, but you know what I mean? Anyways, but I think that they're still going to win the Super Bowl when it all comes down to it. It will be the Bills versus the Rams. Oh, so you're think you think the Rams are going to get back? I do. I do think the Rams are going to get back. The Stafford's early injury right now, or what they're saying about how Wolford's getting the majority of first team snaps right now. Does that concern you at all, at all about the Rams? No, he'll be back. He'll be back when the season starts. Stafford's a tough guy. I mean, you and I both watched the Detroit Lions when he was there. The beatings that guy took. Yeah, he's older. His body's been through a lot since then. I think like the Tom Brady thing when he played in the Super Bowl hurt. Ended up having a surgery, came back. What did they go to the next? They almost made it to the NFC Championship game. So, I do not think that'll stop Matthew Stafford. So, the Rams have the team. They're actually playing in what I feel is a weaker division this year than it was last year. Correct. Um, Seattle, obviously, has moved on from Russell Wilson. My yep. Seattle Seahawks. They just signed DK Metcalf, by the way. We did. I'm actually not a fan of that deal. Really? Um, I love DK as a player. I want him to be in Seattle. I want Lockett to stay in Seattle. I want Doug Baldwin to stay in Seattle, resign for like 10 more years, but we knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner, all the legends we want to keep. The problem is I don't agree with paying wide receivers as much money as what they're getting. 
I'd agree. I don't think wide receivers are worth it. Um, I'm kind of going in line with my friend Connor. He's He's been talking to me about football for years, and I'm finally understanding. In his terms, I'm understanding. Um, I always pay the quarterback. He runs. He's 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 literally seen the whole field. He's the commander in chief, basically mm-hmm. back there. Um, but the one the one thing I've adapted from Connor's strategy is pay the trenches, which is the offensive line, and defensive line. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and then possibly your corners and safeties. Wide receivers are a dime a dozen, especially with the kids coming out of college now. Mm-hmm. That you can draft good wide receivers in the third, fourth round. So shout out to Connor, only because I'm going to criticize. We just got an Aaron Rodgers conversation today about how how Aaron Rodgers has never had a first round drafted wide receiver. And I've argued that you don't need a first-round draft to wide receiver. You can have good wide receivers mm-hmm. down the board. So Aaron Rodgers supporters slash, you know, uh, I don't want to say critics. I'm a critic. But, like, the apologist out there for Aaron Rodgers saying he never had weapons, too bad. He didn't make the weapons himself. Right. Um, How about his weapon going to Las Vegas? How do you think he does there, Devontae? I think, Devontae, again, Devontae overpaid wide receiver. Over, just over. I do not like paying wide receivers. I'm not saying he's not worth it. He's a, he's a top receiver in the game. Just to me, contract-wise, not worth it, overpaid. I think he's going to have a good year. Um, Renfro, I like Renfro in the slot. I think Renfro's, Renfro's a good receiver. Mm-hmm. Who else, they have? Um, uh, who was the other one? I wish you know Rugs is a sad situation. I, I wish Rugs was still there. Yeah. Um, but that's a different story again. Legal issues. Um, I'm trying to remember who is their who's their third wide receiver on that team. They have another big one that I'm missing. Renfro, Adams. Well, of course Waller, but it's the tight end. Well, yeah. And who do, I, I still think like. I've said this. I haven't felt like he's been a healthy tight end over the past few years, but apparently he's played a lot of games the last few years. But he's like been it always, too. but it always seems like he's been, every time you hear it in the news, like maybe I just follow fantasy too much, where every week he's questionable to play. Mm-hmm. You know, just like all players seem to be questionable to play anymore. But it just yeah. feels like he's always had like the injury bug, but apparently he hasn't. Um, Josh Jacobs, of course, is going to help with uh, Kenyon Drake. I believe still there, yeah. so they'll be all right. I think I think Adams will have a good um, good season. What do you think about the Miami Dolphins? Because I'm going to have to ask about that. I was actually just going to say, um, I think the Dolphins are a sleeper this year um, with the pickup of Tyreek Hill to match him up with Jalen Waddle. Like, you're not going to catch those guys. Um, I, I'm a Tua guy. I've always been a Tua guy. I don't know if he gets to start. I don't know what the situation is at quarterback there. Um, I do see them making the playoffs, maybe in a wild card spot. Um, but yeah, I don't know how far they go maybe for the conference championship. So yeah. What about you? What do you see? So I'm a two, a guy. I've always been two, a guy as well. Dating back to the Bama days. My, and there was just so much promise. And again, we could always say, well, it was one season where he came in for Jalen hurts and took over in the championship game and won it for him. Like, I get that. We could, we can talk about the one, like you could, you could claim it's a one hit wonder, but then he did come back and do some damage the next year too to the, Mm -hmm. the opponents. But Bama's always a good team. So, like, Bama and their quarterbacks is always interesting because Bama always seems to have good quarterbacks in college, but sometimes it doesn't work out in the pros. It, it happens. Yeah. Um, I'm a two guy, but this year he's going to have to prove something. Um, I agree. He's, he's accurate. The problem is he is all over the place. Like, it, it, does, it feels like mentally he's all over the place on the field. Um, Tyreek, I like, and Waddle I like because last year, as you saw, with a lot of I – don't, I, don't, I don't know if I count the Dolphins as West Coast-styled offense – but I picture a lot of screens coming, especially since it was a Shanahan hire mm-hmm. that's taken over the Dolphins now in Mike McDaniel. Um, my thing is, I don't know how it's going to click the first half of the season. And once you get to the back half of the season, do they have enough have enough strength to win so many games to get in? Um, I, I feel like it's going to take about three, four weeks into the season for them to click. Mm-hmm. And is that enough? To, again, if you drop three, four straight games to start the season, it's a hard road up. Right. Going to the NFC side of things, Julio Jones is now another weapon for Tom Brady. Do we think Tom Brady is going to retire anytime soon? Like, could this be his last year? So I just read a report that he is stepping away for personal reasons over the course of the next few weeks. I don't know what that's about. So uh, thoughts and prayers if something is wrong. Um, I I don't know how effective Julio is going to be. I don't know if it was a bad Tennessee offense last year as far as receiver core, if it was Tannehill. Julio's aging. Julio's aging. That's the other issue. Like, I don't know how good Julio is going to be. But look at Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones. Like, But what's Godwin going to be? Because he's coming off a bad injury. Um, Five years ago, maybe that team would have been something. Who is their tight end? You did lose O.J. Howard. You have Cameron yeah. Brace still there. Uh, Gronkowski is quote-unquote retired, yeah. which who knows if he's going to stay retired. I think Cameron Brace does step up into that starting tight end role. 
I like that the Otten kid, Otten, I believe, the guy they drafted um, later in the draft. I do like him, but who's going to be the tight end? And tight ends are a big piece of that offense because even in the Patriot days, those tight ends blocked. And Howard and Gronk were big dudes, and they blocked. I'm not saying Brait's not. I don't know. I don't know his height and weight or whatever. But you're just used to seeing um, Howard on one side and Gronk on the other, and you were safe. You know they were like extra linemen. So I'm interested. That defense is still going to be good. Uh, I don't think they're going to lose a step between um, um, Bowles taking over. I think they'll be just fine. Arian's gone. Um, but yeah, that's my opinion on it. What do you think about? Um, well, we, we talked about your Steelers already. Let's talk about more of the NFC. How about the Packers? You know, Aaron Rodgers will always be the greatest quarterback playing today. I don't care. Patrick Mahomes, whoever you are, Tom Brady. I think Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, has been the best quarterback in the last five seasons, you can say. Not ten, because, of course, Brady, but at least the last five seasons. Um, you mentioned he's won – a lot of games without first overall selection of a wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers can turn chicken poop into chicken salad, as they, as they like to say. Um, but, no, I think they end up winning that division. But a team to watch out for, I think, is the Bears as well. They lost Allen Robinson. Of course, he's gone. They don't have to worry about him. Um, they picked the – oh, the Q Harry from the Patriots. I, I like that signing to Chicago. I think that – they're going to be a team to beat in that division. Um, but, yeah, I do think the Packers win that division, go to the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers, the bad man that he is, takes some NFC Championship game against the Rams. Rodgers in the playoffs has not been a good sight to watch. Um, it And, again, I know, and this is where you and me can debate a little bit. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers, to me, again, I was a big Brett Favre fan, so maybe they're still a little bit of biased. Um, but the way they booted Brett Favre out of town, I really thought they were going to do the same to Rodgers uh, with the love pickup and the, and trading up to get mm-hmm. Jordan Love, which, again, if a good thing's going, he got two back-to-back MVP seasons. Yeah. I am going to push back, just like I did with, to my buddy Connor, on the whole um, Rodgers turning bad players into good players. When I look at Brady, I don't think Edelman, Welker, or Amendola were bad players. Right. I think they were good players in a good system. Um, I think Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, um, I'm for blank, I'm blanking on the one. You got James Jones there for a while. Um, who was the other one that? Oh, Adams. Adams. So between all of those, because I'm gonna go MBS. three. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm just gonna name those three. So we'll go three v three. We'll do Amendola, Welker, and Edelman versus Adams, um, Nelson, Nelson, and Cobb. To me, on a, on a scale of like athleticism and like better players, I would have said the Packers had the better players and wide receivers. I think Brady made the other players better though. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you remember those Patriot yeah. dynasties. Welker was a really good player. But Welker goes to other teams, went to other teams, to the Rams and stuff like that. Didn't really do much. Amendola disappeared with the Lions as soon as he left. Edelman just straight up retired. Um, Adams is going to have a successful career post Rodgers. Yeah. Cobb had a few good years post Rodgers. Probably more along the lines of like a an Amendola than a Welker situation. Um, but Jordy Nelson. I don't, he went to the Raiders. He had like one, two decent years and then yeah. and then gone. Um, but I just feel like that's a better all group that Rodgers was given. And I don't think he did anything with it. I don't – kind of getting off to the, the Rodgers thing, I want to go to the Tom Brady thing you mentioned. I also don't think that Tom Brady really – well, he helped, yes, Wells Welker. And Tom Brady's great. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's the GOAT. He's great. Um, you may think he's the GOAT. We may have an argument about that. I don't well, know. my my opinion on goat, and let me just let me just step forward and say he's the goat only yeah. because, in my opinion, I don't care what stats say. Yeah. I'm not a stat guy. You play the game for a the love of the game and b to win it all. True. Like that's at the end of the day, like Bill Russell who just passed away. Mm-hmm. You would say he's a goat. He's yeah. one of the like. If I forget, does he have the most rings? I forget what he does. Okay, he, he is 11. he is the goat. I know people are over here like. You know about MJ being the goat or LeBron being the goat. Those are statistic, and I understand like six and zero in the finals with MJ. You can make a case, you know, that Bill Russell maybe went lost some finals games, whatever. Like uh, undefeated versus not. My thing is though, when it comes to the quarterbacks in NFL, it you're it's your team. You are the leader of your team. Yes, you could say some teams get led by their defense or other run games or whatever, but it's all about winning. True, and it's about winning the championship. Tom Brady has won the most championships. Correct. Did he win them by himself? Some would say the defense 
has picked up some of the slack. I say Belichick them won them himself. I would agree. But, um, again, the problem is you can't go off stats because last year Dak Prescott looked great off, yeah. off fourth quarter statistics. Yeah, I'm a stats guy. Yeah, like, but, that's, but you get guy. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I'm the type of person that I look at the ranks because that's at the end of the day, it's not about the money you make in the league. Mm-hmm. It's not about the stats. It's about what did you do to take your team to the next step. I mean, there's reasons why people that play only three games a year for somebody get Super Bowl rings for the organization. To me, it's also about changing the game of football. Yeah, Tom Brady changed it, but look what Aaron Rodgers has done in the last five years. Kind of changed the way, like the game, the way that the quarterback positions played and the the off the field type stuff. Well, Aaron you know what's interesting? Up. I compare Aaron Rodgers to Kobe Bryant. That's great. So here's the thing: Kobe, really good player, yeah. was a great player. Rodgers, great player. Kobe never meshed with his teammates. You have Shaq, and that was about yeah. it. Because I remember the press conference with the Lakers. I forget which draft class it was, but when he was still playing, it was one of the final three years. And the draft class was, they asked him a question. Like, there's three of them sitting at the, at the, at the podium. They're like, has anybody heard from Kobe? And they look around, like, expecting somebody to answer. But Kobe never reached out to the draft class, and it was like a, a few weeks after they were all drafted. Rodgers, we, we know that he's had a history with going against the media. Speaking out against the media, speaking out against family members, speaking about anybody that ever spoke even a little bit of criticism against him. I've, I've heard, not again, not from sources, because we don't have sources here. Okay? Yeah. We're, we don't have sources. But from everything else, like the Carson Wentz situation, all that he talked about on the news was that Carson Wentz was bad in the locker room from the Eagles. Rodgers, we've heard almost the same story. So, again, Brady and Rodgers, because this is where I'm getting back to, Brady helps lift up his teammates. You could tell that teammates love playing for him. They st- there's Edelman that only wanted to come back and play with Brady. Gronk only wanted to come back and play with Grady or with Brady. What happened to Adams? Money. Yeah, but at the same time, college it's teammate. He cared more about his college teammate than he did about his NFL quarterback. True. Not I don't blame him. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna hold that against him. I was like, good if you get the chance to go play with your college quarterback that you loved in college that you dormed with. I had no problem with it. But he chose him. Over Rodgers. Because, remember, Green Bay had the opportunity to match. I don't know if you heard that story. Green Bay offered to match the deal. Adam said no. He wasn't going to take it. I didn't hear that, actually. There's only so much money to go around. I mean, how much is Rodgers get? Rodgers is... Isn't he 50 a million a year now? Yeah. After the extension? Yeah, there's only so much to make. So I don't know if it's I, this year. I think next year he starts the extension year. Yeah. But I don't know. But, again, good teammates again. Brady took... It's like it's like the uh, the Braves situation back the Atlanta Braves when Chipper Jones and Andrew Jones were yep. were tearing up there Tom Glavin and all them a lot of them took pay cuts to keep Andrew Jones and Chipper Jones and all them around you don't see that with Rodgers Tom Brady took pay cuts you don't see it with Rodgers I don't look at it that way I'm a numbers guy I just mainly stick towards stats and stuff like that but no like I I agree with everything you're saying. Um, but yeah, yeah, kind of like this movie that we did. It's all about who together will make it the best it can be, and all the kids meshing together and the adults meshing with the kids. I couldn't do this with another group of staff, another group of support with the kids or with the families. I couldn't do that with any other group. But we had just the right group to take us to the promised land. So I'd agree. Um, what about the Eagles? To me, the story of the draft this year, Tennessee Titans. A.J. Brown is now a Philadelphia Eagle. What do you think about them with? So I like Brown's pickup to the Eagles. I like paired with Smith. I think that's a good combo. Mm -hmm. The question is going to be, is it Hurts' time to shine? Uh, Hurts is still a wild card to me. Like, yes, he's going to get the fantasy points. He's going to be the one running the ball. He's he's like a Lamar Jackson-esque, although with a little bit more passing than Lamar. But he'll, he'll go and he'll rip it from the pocket or he'll take off and do like bootleg. But has he shown enough? I personally don't know where I fall. Like I don't know where I fall on this. Again, not bring up my buddy Connor. He's not here to defend himself, but he's an Eagles fan. He's a big Carson Wentz defender. Um, right now, I would say that Carson Wentz was a better quarterback for the Eagles franchise than Hurts so far. But I think Hurts has more promise. But Hurts has to show something because it's year three. And I think the answer to your question of is it Hurts' time? Can that line stay healthy? I don't know the exact number. But I'm pretty sure last season the Eagles' offensive line 
had seven or eight different combinations of people just meshed in because people were hurt or weren't playing or something. Can the line stay healthy? If that line stays healthy, I do think that Hurts does have what it takes to take his Eagles to the playoffs and maybe even further. I don't know if he's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback yet. He has what it takes to make them to the playoffs if that line stays healthy. The problem is the Eagles could have ran five guys onto the field per snap and probably beat two of their teams in their division. Mm-hmm. So how much if that's agree. if that's four wins a year just there, you know you look at the Baltimore Ravens who got annihilated with injuries last year. They're healthy uh, now though. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying they got annihilated and they still won like what seven games. Yeah, were they seven to nine last year or six? Uh, six I forget what they were, but they won six to seven games last year and they were annihilated. Now that tells you something about Harbaugh, by the way, um, to hold everything together and hold down the fort because I believe two of those games they lost trying to go for two point conversions right. too. So that's a knows? scary team this year. That is a scary team this year. I mean, they make it, make a run in the playoffs. So the AFC West to me is the scariest division. Mm-hmm. Um, hands on Wilson. I mean, you got Broncos, Chargers, Raiders. Yeah. Uh, hold on, it's Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, that to me is the best. Some of the best four teams in football. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't say your AFC North. A little bit scary. A yeah. little bit scary. I was going to say that. I'm North not saying it's the it's the best division in football. I still think the AFC West. Um, Steelers again. They could be the odd man out. They could be the ones getting their butts kicked. Because you just have uh, Deshaun Watson, Browns, if he only gets suspended six games like we talked about, they could potentially win the rest of the season with Deshaun Watson. You don't know. The Ravens, Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson, you don't know. I, we don't know what Lamar is playing for because he's not accepting contracts, but he's showing up to camp. So he might be playing for future money. I don't know what his, his whole plan is there. Um, he's a scary team. And you got Joe Burrow. They were just to the Super Bowl last year. Jamar Chase, scary dude. Scary yeah. dude. The sleep. I think the real question is going to be, what's the Steelers going to be in that division? What Steelers are we going to see? We're not going to see the normal Steelers with the Ben Roethlisberger style offense. What can Mitch Trubisky do? I think. So actually, since you're a Steelers fan, I'm going to ask you the question: At what point in the season? What's the win loss record before they finally put in um, your put in picket? What do they have? What do the Steelers have to be next year's get like? As far as record-wise. I think if they lose the first three games, they start to question it. That is when they're like, okay, we've lost the first three. Or if they've even lost maybe not two out of three. I would say at least three games. If they lost three games without winning one, or if they lost a couple games in a row, I think that's when you start to question, okay, can Mitch Trubisky get it done or do we turn to pick it? Or Rudolph. But you don't want to see Rudolph. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't mention him to me. I'm telling you, do not mention Rudolph. He me. should start for Christmas just for the heck of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I would argue this. I think if the Steelers are four and five, three and five, there might be a switch. two and five. I don't think you think two and five. You think it has to be three games under five hundred. For... I think. I don't think two games. Two games, maybe three for sure. They'll definitely start to question. Okay, is it time? Well, that to me is also like the. Um, I don't know the Steelers' schedule because I'm too busy looking at Seattle's schedule and everything else. Mm. Um, let's let me actually just put Seattle into perspective, and then I'm going to put the Carolina Panthers into perspective here. The same reason why I think that this relates to Pickett. Russell Wilson comes into town with the Denver Broncos Week One to Seattle. I don't think we start Drew Luck or Drew Lock. I think we start Geno Smith. The reason being, I don't think Pete Carroll wants to start Drew Lock against his former team right away without learning the whole new system and stuff like that. So I think Geno's going to get the, the start for the season for the first two, three games, and then they'll bring in Drew Locke. Um, Carolina, even though everybody wants to see that Baker Mayfield game against the Browns week one, I think Carolina's not going to start Baker week one against the Browns. Darnold? I think Darnold gets to start week one against the Browns. I don't know about that. So his situation is a little bit different than Carroll's. Carroll's yeah. is more of a young guy being coached. Which I guess he's only three years difference than, or two years difference than Baker. They were closer in the draft. So what are they? Two years apart? Three years? Two. two. So, so like they're both young, mm-hmm. but I think just Locke coming out of Denver, which has just been terrible, by the way, uh, with the quarterback play and stuff. And, and you know, I'm not going to blame Locke on that. I'm going to blame everybody else in the organization too. Like they did not have. I would argue they didn't have a good head coach for a little bit there. 
you know, they didn't really have good callers and scheme play. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we're starting Locke just for the mental capacity because we want him to be the quarterback for the next three or four years. That's what's going to, you know, we're not going to start in week one against the former team. Carolina, I think it's a little, it's the same, but it's different only because Matt Rule, if he gets off to a terrible start by playing Baker Mayfield, he can't pitch to somebody, well, the future could be Baker's, and then we need to start him. So it could save his job. But do you think Sam Darnold can be the one that let, lets him start? I think Darnold has the earlier shot coming to camp because he was already at the OTAs and plus ran the offense last year. So Baker, if he's if he can't run the offense coming in early in the season, they'd probably go with Darnold. But remember, Darnold, even though he was bad last year, especially like after week three, you know, they got off to like that 3-0 start or whatever. Yeah. McCaffrey went down. And I'm not trying to blame one player going down as their whole team failure, but that is the whole team failure to the Carolina Panthers. If no matter if Baker comes in and lights up the scoreboard, if McCaff if McCaffrey's not healthy, they're not winning games. I'd agree. So same thing with New York. Saquon Barkley, you can say that. Yeah, but Darnold, I mean, you could argue, even though even though the Cowboys have done really well without Ezekiel Elliott because for some reason he's fall off a cliff somewhere. Yeah. You know, but if Zeke was healthy and running the football, Cowboys would be like, like a team to watch out for. Um, but McCaffrey, like Darnold fell pretty hard after McCaffrey got hurt. Like he had a decent season. And then when McCaffrey got hurt, there was nothing in the run game. And when you rely on somebody to pass, and again, I hate to go back to Seattle, but when you rely on somebody to pass the ball, who you don't not saying you don't trust, but who isn't meant to be the like the passing the ball fifty times a game like Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or Stafford. It's hard. Drew Locke, why I think he could succeed in Seattle is because we are a run first team. We are a defense team. I was like, yeah, he throws a lot of interceptions, but we're not gonna put him in situations to throw interceptions. So do you think Geno Smith is just a first game one and done type thing? I I think he could be first two or three because I think somewhere in there we play the 49ers. Okay. And I don't think we throw a lock into the 49ers game. But it would be fascinating because I'm actually downgrading the NFC West because I don't believe in Trey Lance. So I don't I think do. I, do I don't think the 49ers are going to be a good team like they think they are. I'm not a Jimmy G guy. I do believe in Trey Lance. But there's a magic to Jimmy G. Whether you like to admit or not, the dude gets lucky. <laughs> like, yeah. like I'm not. It's skill, but it's still luck mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Like there's just something about it that the teammates love him. He seems like a very charismatic type of guy that people like. I think I'd have a good conversation with him. I would love for him to sit down in the studio and talk. Like, oh, I just, yeah. Let's I think it. he's a cool dude. Jimmy G, if you're watching, make it happen. Bring Subway. <laughs> um, but, like, as far as I, wherever he goes, he just seems to have a win. Like, his win-loss record when he plays is still really good. Mm-hmm. He's won, like, what, two times more games than he's lost when he's – when he's like, I forget his stats, but he's, like – 20-some, like, close to 30 wins compared to, like, he's in losses, like, teens. Again, a lot of that could be the defense, too. That could be, but what was he, 2-0 and in – was he 2-0 and with the Patriots when he took over? Or was that Brissett that was 2-0? and But one of them, they won, like, three games without Brady. He was 2-0. Um, and then he got shipped to San Fran, went on a good winning streak, then got hurt, and then the team went, like, one and something. Mm-hmm. And then he came back, went to the Super Bowl, then got hurt. And, like, it was just – it's back and forth. Yeah. Then they go back to the playoffs with him. So – there's something to him. Does Trey Lance have that magic, or is he going to be another Colin Kaepernick? Oh, boy. Didn't Colin Kaepernick get a contract recently? I heard about that. Somebody put a spoof of him signing spoof. with the Browns. Okay. <laughs> and right. I shared it to my – again, I shared it to Connor, and he was just – he was like, what? And I was like, no, no, it didn't happen. Darn, no. Anyways. No, but, like, again, Colin Kaepernick – he did lead them to to a Super Bowl. Yes. Okay. My thing with Colin Kaepernick was if he was a better pocket passer, and like always, he was a he was a he always looked to run first, throw second. Kind of felt like same thing I criticized Lamar Michael Jackson Vick. for. Well, I yeah, but Michael Vick, I you're right, you are right with Michael Vick. Um, but my comparison was like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's a as soon as he gets the ball, he's looking to run and then he throws if he needs to. Mm. I just don't think you win NFL games like Super Bowls doing that. I mean, you can. You can have an outlier year. You'd be successful. I don't yeah. know if you win Super Bowls. I would agree. You don't. Because then when you get that. when you get to the Belichicks of the world that can scheme their defense, they and they shut you down, you're done. Lamar has a better arm than Kaepernick, though. I think Kaepernick throws a lot of missiles. He he always he used to throw a tight spiral. So I will give him that. It just he never threw enough. And then, of course, his final year when the whole benching situation and got like basically booted from the NFL, his interception ratio was just like 
through the roof. Yeah, so, don't know. But that's how I kind of compare um, those. I forget how we got down this. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to remember what were we quarterback. Uh, we went from. Did we go from Hertz? To Gino. Gino. <laughs> Gino. We went all yeah, across we were, the board. We were going all across the board there. We just recapped the entire NFL season in a matter of 30 minutes. No. <laughs> well, it was less than 20 at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as we start wrapping up this podcast, um, I know that we want to talk about future projects, whether it was between what's going on with, again, your podcast or the Berwick yeah. Theater, more maybe a sequel to the summer camp film, or whether it's ha- whatever's happening at Shield of Hope here. Um, so... Let's talk about any upcoming projects on your end. On my end, I have nothing scheduled as of right now. Um, actually, I lie. I, I do have a friend of myself. I don't know if you were really familiar with Noah Craig. He actually recently released an album um, on iTunes. It's called uh, Into the Abyss. Um, it's got a lot of great songs on there. I like it. I enjoy it. Um, I do want to have him on. In the future, as far as when we can do it, our schedules are both busy. He's got a full-time job. I've got a full-time job. He's making more songs as we speak. Um, so at some point, if I can get him on, yeah, you're always welcome to come on if you want to hop on and talk Absolutely. about anything on, on that channel. Just to get me kind of up and going again. Um, but as far as projects for me on my end, I don't really have anything. Um, I know we had talked about stuff that we wanted to collab together. I do want to apologize to you also, however, because I know last year we had planned to do the segments. That is something I'm still interested in doing. Again, health got in the way and I had to focus on other things. Um, I would still be interested in doing those segments with you um, if you'd have me. So, Well, you know what, Logan? I mean, I always told you to put family first and health yeah. situation. We started the podcast by being nice, but this is where I'm saying, no, you can't because you should have put career first. No, I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. You're always welcome. <laughs> but, yeah. no, but I look forward to doing those segments as well as possibly a cooking show. Yeah. As well Maybe as possibly a, a trivia show. Yeah. Those are things that we have teased on the Shield of Hope uh, celebration that we just put up on our YouTube about a week ago. So. Yeah. I can't wait for both of those. Um, we talked about the cooking show before this, and I think the ideas that we have, um, I don't know how much you want us to get into the ideas on this podcast, or if you want to save that for a different podcast. Oh, uh, we can get into it a little bit because this is coming right off Shield of Hope celebration. Um. I didn't talk about it too much in uh, Shield of Hope. I kind of did like we didn't release the titles. Even we just put untitled cooking show, untitled survival show, and like game show, untitled. Um, one of the biggest things is for Shield of Hope because remember we we also released Vigilante Pictures that's coming out in November with our first film, Infliction, by the way, which is looking great. Logan's gonna get a sneak peek of it as soon as we finish up here. Nice. Um, but with Shield of Hope, we wanted to make sure that we stuck to a moral theme. And how we want to do that with a game show, or well, the game show too, but specifically the survival show or the cooking show, was to have a sit-down conversation, be educational, but also relate it to the real world. So, like I told uh, Logan, you know, we'll have an instance where um, somebody that's running the survival show, I'll be there. It's kind of like a Bear Grylls thing, you know, how he takes people like celebrities or whatever, or normal yeah. people in the wild, teaches them how to survive. So, if you're doing one about fire and being prepared and getting your own food and like cooking up like a squirrel or something like that, which animals might be harmed in the making of this production, but that's besides the point. Um, but if we do stuff like that, then we can sit around the fire as we're eating the food and talk about being prepared for life. Like, there's then there's always going to be like that two sided thing. Not only are you, not are we teaching something about survival, but we're also teaching something about life um, with cooking you know it's about cooking the meal or we talked about going around different businesses and possibly like working like dirty yep. jobs as rest like in restaurants and then sitting down and enjoying the food from that restaurant and having a conversation so both are going to be about 20 30 minute episodes is what we're kind of aiming for but we want to keep that moralistic spin to it right i think those are great ideas i can't wait to see both of them um i know i'd like to be a part of that process if you'll have me. absolutely yeah more than uh, ever and then of course our game show uh lights camera actor lights camera actor with? yep okay the actor has a question mark after it because you know yeah. it's a game show it's a lot of questions yeah. tell us about that what is that well we haven't like we haven't laid out the format yet um we might do that sometime. whatever we do it's going to be two three rounds is what we're looking at and then the winner of course you know moves on to play somebody else um so we're, we're aiming for about a seven to ten episode series 
um, probably between 15, 20 minutes. We'll keep it a little bit shorter, you know, because typically when you do winners of a game show, the game show lasts about 15 and then like maybe another half hour of it is like the start of the next episode and then like they'll cut the break and come back next yeah. week or whatever. But all of it will be re- released at one time uh, when we do it. I don't think we'll do a week by week thing. We could, but we'll see. We'll probably drop all the episodes on at one time when they're all recorded and filmed. Um, but it's probably going to be a three-tiered thing. Um, I don't know what what we legally can say, what we legally can do. I know we can ask questions about like like actor, like what actor has, and you got to match up the actor with the movie or stuff like that. Like what what actor played in this and this, you know, make people think. So there's there's different formats we wanted to do. I think it'd be cool to give people like I don't want to do a whiteboard thing, but I think it'd be cool for around if we got the cutouts of celebrity faces, like on like a you know like yeah like, like a little stick holding the stick up yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, but again, I don't know what we can do with that legally, so we'll have to figure that stuff out um, for name brand recognition and stuff. For sure. But that's stuff that we're going to talk about and discuss and what would be the best yeah. – enter- not not only what would be the best format of a show, but what would be the best entertainment for you guys. Cool. Yeah, I'm definitely down. I can't wait to see all of that coming. What else you got going on? You got any podcasts coming up? Um, right now, you are just the only one that's scheduled for the podcast so far. Um, David DeMarco eventually will be on. He, we just finished up his documentary. So that's about a year in the making. So we've, yeah. we've wrapped that up and we're also shooting more music videos for him coming, coming up. So, um, that'll be not released on my channel. Obviously that'll be on his music channel. I'll probably drop a link in the description below so you guys can check it out and check out the first music video resurgence that came out last year. Um, but this documentary is going to be about 45, 40 minutes long. I forget what the official runtime of it is, but we wrapped it up. We're getting some final approvals. And, uh, yeah, he's excited. It's something that can go along with his ministry for not only the church, but his life counseling. So it's just something that's fun behind the scenes concert. Um, a little bit of backstory about, uh, his performance and what the whole documentary was. Um, it's basically an indie artist going. Um, so what happened was he brought in his whole group of, of friends that do different instruments and stuff. And they had these songs written and play and planned out, but they recorded it on a three day weekend everything in the studio. So all songs were recorded. We went down to Mark Sheruda's place in Pittsburgh, recorded all these songs. And then after three days of recording, the fourth day was a live set of it at a church. That's awesome. So we get the behind the scenes of recording the songs and the, the struggle to get things done because, you know, by the time you only give yourself four days because by the time the fourth day came around, you were recording live. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, Mark said in the documentary he doesn't know if it's ever been done. It might be a Guinness Book of World Records, but we don't know. But it's uh, so it, it it was it was hustle for them. Cool. As far as me, um, also I had mentioned the finished product of that movie. I would like to have it out. Um, I'll share that link with you. I'll share it with everybody watching. Whoever wants it, I'll give you that link. You can check it out. I think it's a cool thing. Um, I'll I'll spill the plot here. Essentially, me as the head counselor goes away on vacation. I leave the older kids in charge um, and they take the power that I give them the wrong way and they end up bullying the younger ones, the littler kids and the counselors start disappearing and randomly just because the older kids want to take over and they think part of that takeover is the counselors disappearing. Anyways, I I won't go too much further into it. It does end with a positive message. It's a great feel-good story. Um, People cried during it. People laughed during it. Actually, there was, I don't think there was a moment where somebody wasn't laughing. Um, so it was really enjoyable. In the future, maybe we can work on a project together. I know we talked about that wrestling movie that... I was still at the green like that this year, so... Cool. Yeah, definitely. We'll be in touch about that, and we'll talk about that and get people around to act for that. But, yeah, that's that's what I got going on, so... Well, Logan, um, you want to say the name of it, by the way? Oh, yeah. The name of it is The Battle of the Ages. Um, it can mean so many things. I think the battle of the ages is really the battle we had trying to get all these kids and direct them to say certain lines. Cause by the end of it, they're like, Oh, we have to film again. Like guys, we're trying to make this perfect. Yes. They loved it. And they still did it with a smile on their face. They enjoyed it. So that's all that matters. So, what yeah. the parents don't know is they went to summer camp to learn things, but they went to acting camp. Correct. And a lot of these kids actually did really good. Some of them were actually going to be, great actors when they grow up. Well, you know what? That's the thing too about building a community. I don't know how many people come in from outside the community to the summer camp or how many are in Berwick. 
but the one thing that I always enjoy, whether it's my films, I know we're talking to Laura and trying to get like a little, maybe a little film festival with my former films in at the Burbank Theater for like an open showing for people to walk in, mm-hmm. do something with like the cast and crew to come in or show like the new the new film, you know, at the end of all this coming up here in November. But my thing is to like introducing the arts to our community. Yeah. Because I want to see more actors, more filmmakers, more directors come specifically from our hometown. I think it'd be a cool thing. And for the kids, even though I made the joke about becoming an acting camp, I was like, maybe this sparks one of them, two of them. Maybe they want to do it. And I think that's a good thing. I do too. I mean, it's entertainment. Everyone loves a good movie. Everybody loves a good story. Like I said, it gives you a chance to kind of take a break from reality and start to feel those characters and you become those characters. And I think it's really good. Also, Press Enterprise, if you're checking out the local newspaper, um, is actually running the story tomorrow, Saturday. Um, August 13th they're running the story in the press enterprise so if you get a chance read that story Um, they talked to me they talked to a couple of the kids who are in it they talked to Kevin they talked to even the bus driver of the bus that took them to the theater that day they talked to them so check out that story if you get a chance Logan Shikowski everybody Logan where can people find you at Uh, you can find me on Facebook Instagram Logan Chikowski you can put the name at the bottom of course I'm not going to spell it because it'll take me forever to spell Cut it and paste it yeah um, the Logo Podcast of course it's on Apple Podcast Spotify I do have a YouTube channel the Logo Plays um, it's small it's a gaming channel for right now um, I have other ideas coming we talked about the cooking idea um, maybe we can run some of the game show on there too or something whatever we'll talk about that but yeah find me there Thank you, Logan, for joining us, and thank you, everybody, that has tuned in to this episode of the Hope Speaks podcast here on the Shield of Hope channel. Thank you all. Have a good one. God bless. See you guys.